Chapter four of I've Come to Stay, a Love Comedy of Bohemia by Mary Heaton Vorse. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter four. Ambrose was taking tea in Camilla's studio. The studio walls were of gold and formed the background for a peaceful and mellow Buddha who sat contemplatively upon a lotus flower. There was little furniture in the room, dim rugs were on the floor, a great piano made one realize the room's size. Strange colored azaleas bloomed in formal style at each side of the mantel. It was all charming, harmonious, and inevitably called to mind the interior decorator. One gathered that that phase had the room's owner in thrall. Camilla was dressed with the utmost frivolity, in a tea-gown, the coat of which was peach-colored, whose trousers were saffron, and which had a green and silver vest. Above her neck frivolity ceased. Her hair was brushed, one might say, almost fiercely back from her temples, and done into a truculent knot. The effect of propriety was marred through the fact that she had stained her mouth with scarlet, as though it was some flower and a mere adjunct to her costume. Ambrose contemplated her with severity. You are a preposterous person, he remarked, it is preposterous that you are self-supporting, that you come from plain people upstate and went to Sunday school. Camilla at this made a face at him. If you'd seen the clothes I wore when a child, she murmured, you'd see why I wear these now. I am merely reacting. There should be sumptuary laws, said Ambrose. Indeed there should, Camilla responded cordially, allowing her eyes to travel over Ambrose's garments. He surveyed them not without complacency. Look at your hair, Ambrose continued yes do camilla urged she approached her head an inch nearer his and turned it from side to side in an upsetting fashion and your mouth continued ambrose camilla ran the end of a finger swiftly across her lips you cannot placate me by your wiles any longer ambrose announced camilla looked hurt then she placed one finger beneath her right eye and very slightly drew the lower lid downward the effect was indecorous how long ago is it since my cat walked in here and you sent him back with a marigold in his collar how long is it camilla since you scraped acquaintance with me five weeks and and two days replied camilla in a tone calculated to soften the heart of mentor quite long enough said ambrose the moment i saw your head out of your attic window i knew you were not one to be left lying around loose everything i have seen of you since proves it god knows i have never cared to get married but this kind of thing can go on no longer you need to be taken care of there was silence then in a very careful tone camilla remarked do i understand this to be a proposal of marriage no camilla said ambrose this is no proposal this is an announcement your will has nothing whatever to do with it you are going to marry me of course if that has been your opinion all along so much the better if you have a violent contrary opinion we will have a wonderful time changing your mind you are not to be trusted alone you need a keeper my dear girl you need a husband in short you need me camilla clasped her hands across her knees i had never suspected you of wanting to marry anyone well, i haven't wanted to said ambrose with nobility but duty calls me i am the only man who will ever want to marry you who knows how bad you are i understand you oh you do do you said camilla menacingly she rose and stood before him you're a very impertinent young man that's what you are 
and you don't like my plan ambrose inquired his voice was disarmingly meek see here camilla be serious i am i talk like a fool at times it's that darn self-consciousness of mine i suppose and the fool jargon we all speak around here but hang it camilla you know that you need me for a husband as well as i do think how they take up their time and yours think think of everything of course the fact that i can't and won't live without you isn't worth considering camilla's face softened she walked toward him very tentatively he walked toward her she threw her hand up in the gesture of a japanese dancer there he cried bitterly that's what i mean that's why you've no business loose that's why you're always in hot water well whose fault is it this time camilla inquired hotly mine i want to know am i proposing am i trying to save you it would be becoming on your part if you did even though unnecessary oh unnecessary she cried i suppose your life is not also like a three-ring circus oh come come don't quarrel with your future husband camilla ambrose warned her you're not camilla cried why do you think i'm not ambrose inquired politely you can't be until you do what's the impossible for you suddenly camilla had grown serious and a little wistful until you've done a single sincerely unselfish thing i don't mean kind things like flowers and all that but the kind of things other people around here do for each other all the time but you you won't you're spoiled you've been a pet of the other kind of people too long rich and clever women whose own men are too busy or too dull to amuse them you're a charming whimsical thing ambrose but ambrose held up his hand desist he said in other words shut up i've all i can now assimilate at present it looks to me as though you were merely jealous of my social success jealous jealous cried camilla and being vain ambrose continued well there's nothing for it except for me to bring you back the golden deed end of chapter four recording by expatriate in bangor maine